freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about... Just Mike. Kidding. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Yes, Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com. What do the Mariners do now? Booed off the field yesterday. Another one of these just lifeless efforts where they do nothing offensively. And Logan Gilbert gives up, unfortunately, three in the first. And that was all Washington needed. And all of a sudden, you've lost another series, this time to one of the worst teams in baseball and a team that is mostly comprised of minor league guys. So that is a real Mm. bummer, man. That is not what you needed to do coming home off that road trip and with Tampa coming into town this weekend. So... Brock, today's an off day. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, movement occurs on off days. Mm-hmm. What do you do next? Right there, buddy. I got my old legal pad out today. You see that? Oh, That's the old yellow hear. legal pad. Yeah, big fan. You big fan of that yellow legal pad? You're no. Because your penmanship sucks. So we, we know that. So that's not going to work. Wow. You're more of a Google Doc guy. And that's fine. Email guy. That's 21st kinda, century. Kind of have anyway. to. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for the rest of them, for the John Stantons of the world and the Jerry Depotas of the world, we do know that they will pull out a legal pad. They did it when they tore this thing down years ago. Uh, when they sat around the, the round table, square table, and had to figure out, make some hard decisions. And I think we're now getting to the point with, uh, you know, trade market looming here in the next two, three weeks, with just a couple weeks before the All-Star game, a brutal schedule. Oh, by the way, leading into that All-Star game, which makes yesterday's loss and series loss that much more painful. I think you, you got to put on that legal pad, as I tweeted last night. Why? On the top of every one of my game boards, before, mm-hmm. before one of the last things that I do, got all my notes. Got all my names hopefully memorized and numbers oh. at that point. And I put a little why to try to des- try to describe what, why what's going on on the field is happening. That's I, my I, job. I think you've got to – I'm sorry. I, I agree with the why has got to be answered, but I'm, I'm going to just stop you for a moment because before you identify the why, you have to first identify the what. What's gone wrong? And well, I think that's it's Benetti's job, okay? That, he sets right. it up for me. <laughs> Sorry. So you be well, the, let me, you let be the me what be guy. the what for you, yeah. be, and then you can what? come in with the why. What? But I started the show with this at 6 o'clock. The what's pretty important because the what is that you have an acute issue, not a systemic organizational failure. You have an issue with the hitting. You're not hitting. There's a bunch of different whys and what's within the hitting, uh-huh. but it, it's important to start with that because this is not an organization that has failed at the moment in every way across everything. Their pitching is sublime. Yep. It's fantastic. They, have, they are the envy of almost every team in baseball in terms of their pitching. It's young. It's dominant. It throws hard. They've got, I mean, like, and they just have more guys seemingly showing up by the day. So whatever process they're using is working in terms of identifying pitchers, helping pitchers improve, right? Helping guy, helping acquire the right guys and then getting them here and making them better. Their successes in pitching have been phenomenal. And, and while it's fine to be angry about the bats, I am too. You don't want to make a full systemic observation because it's not a problem there. Their base running, while not great this year, has certainly not been problematic. Their defense, while maybe not a huge plus, has not been problematic. So you gotta, you gotta, I think to me, sort of start with what's what is the problem, mm-hmm. and it is important to rule out all of those other things. It's not across the entirety of the organization. It's that they're not hitting. 
Yes, yes. And any addition seemingly uh, that they try to bring in in those bats isn't hitting. They're not acquiring the right guys. They're Correct. not developing them well enough. Yep. Right. I mean, like they've got a major acute problem with hitting. Yes. Agreed. Why, why, are, why are we struggling so mightily offensively? Why? You're, you're right. I mean, this is not a pitching conversation. I don't think this is a, I mean, I mean well, team build offensively it is. So I don't want to say it's not a team build issue because it is a team build issue offensively. It's mm-hmm. a team build issue. So, yes, you can take the arms out of this discussion. And pitching coach, you can leave the room. And uh, pitching developers, you guys can leave the room. And pitching well, analysts, you guys can leave he, the room. Here, here's the only other reason I bring that up. Because if, you're, if it's a systemic failure across the organization, you're having a conversation about changing the organizational leadership. Yeah. I'm not having that conversation today because I don't see complete organizational breakdown. No. I see an acute problem that smart people can fix. And these guys won 90 games back-to-back years. These guys broke a 20-year drought. These guys are the ones that are drafting and developing this pitching, as you said, that is the envy of most of this league. So this is not a systemic complete failure. This is an offensive disaster. This is an offensive power outage. This is an offensive issue that probably does have to be attacked at the very philosophical level. Compounding that problem is those numbers you read early in the week. What do you mean organizational problem? Everybody else in our organization is doing this, controlling the zone at a very high level. Our minor leagues numbers and and hitters are off the charts. But unfortunately, the guys that are trying to do it in front of the people that are paying are just not right now getting it done. Mm -hmm. So why? Why? And then ultimately, today is an off day, and I would I would have to think A.J. Pollock's name is starting to come up to mention. I mean, you would hope. I mean, Chris Flexen, as you said, was just in a position where it's like, okay, this is not this is not tenable. So we're going to move on. It's a waste on. of a roster spot. And when you watch A.J. Pollock's two strikeouts yesterday, once again against a lefty, what he was specifically, specifically, you have one job. Right. You know, that you're specifically brought in for that purpose, and it's just, it's it's not, it's broken. And we're halfway through the season. So, uh, now no, I don't think there's anybody in the minor leagues that's ready I don't to know who they bring in. up. I mean, like, I that's guess you, the, you can bring up Taylor Tremel, although he's a lefty. So, I mean, it's another lefty that you're bringing up. You could go with Kate Haggerty. Marlo has been has been hot over the last few weeks. Yeah, and mm. and from what I've heard, maybe maybe it'll be Cade Marlowe. I know that he was struggling a little bit with the the zone and sort of what breaking pitches in the big leagues are going to do to him. So I don't know whether that's the play or not. But yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, I don't know how you can keep AJ Pollock around. He's not a serviceable big league player the way he's playing right now. No, nope. And you know, does this clubhouse need that? Does this does this team need that? Does this team need to you know you get to a point finally? And I've shared enough football stories with you where guys are dead weight and 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 it's problematic. And the ones making money too, and they're the ones that are not producing. It's it's that that that's a problem. Mm-hmm. It can be a problem in the locker room. Different in the clubhouse. Totally get it. Uh, different dynamics. But I I would think that that name has to be on on in, in consideration today in their conversation. Yeah, I don't you know, there are options available to them. I don't know what you do next. You can fire a hitting coach, maybe that'll work or maybe it'll light a fire, right? More likely eh, the guys feel bad for the dude because it's their fault, not the hitting coach's fault, or they roll their mm-hmm. eyes and are just like, Yeah, all right, that's gonna that's gonna change things. Right. You can fire a manager, and I know people were sort of talking about Scott yesterday, but I think you'd be starting over without a very good reason. Again, I think Scott does most things right, and right now this isn't working, but I don't get the sense that that, that he's lost the team. Again, they're not making the kinds of mistakes 
that teams make when they when the manager is out. You know what I mean? They're not throwing the ball around. It doesn't look like Little League. Yeah, they've made some errors this year, and there have been some some issues. But that's not been a consistent problem for them at all. Remember when the Blue Jays were here yes, two years ago? Year. Last year? Two last years year. ago? Last, last year. year. And it was clear. Like, dude, that team does not like their manager. They're done. I said yeah. it when they were here. Mm-hmm. Remember Pass and Laugh to Me? And then, yeah. like, three days later, they fired their manager? Yeah. Because, I mean, just I had watched those games. Like, oh, that team is – they need a new manager. I don't, I don't watch the Mariners and think that. They just aren't hitting. <laughs> like, no, I watch these Mariners though, and to hat tip to Mike Lefko, three and eight in rubber games, right? Three, three and eight in these deciding games. Yep. Four and nine on Wednesdays, the day before Jerry joins us, right? The four and eight in extra inning games, just time and again in moments that you've got to deliver. That you've twelve and fifteen in home series, home series where there is a park factor, and you have elite pitching, and you're twelve wow. and fifteen in home series. Yeah, and, and by the way, the Boo Birds for the first time showing up that I can remember this season showing up, you know, last night. And, 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 and yesterday, and for good reason, by the way. I, yep. I mean, like, that is the night before is one of those losses where you didn't do it in the clutch. But yesterday was another one of those losses where you don't do it at all. You nope. just don't show up. And, and yeah, I don't blame anybody who was at that game yesterday for booing. That is a boo-worthy appearance or a, a, a boo-worthy uh, situation. Sure. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's not like true. You on one yesterday, I heard. So. You know, that is really unnecessary. Everybody laid up on one. Nobody, nobody hit driver on uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. There is no reason for you to start taking shots. Right. I am, I am, I've had, Brock, I've already know, had enough. Every great golf you. story talks about how they lay up. We all sure. know this. Yeah, no, no question. <laughs> Do you have a name for your four hybrid too? Yeah, need to know next. The fairway finder is what I call it. <laughs> the the club I hit that goes the farthest, the longest, and the straightest. So shut your mouth, and we'll be back with Don't need to you know. Give me a shut your mouth. Rock and salt of Seattle sports. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. You're getting called out on the text toy, Brock. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. You are getting called out. Maybe you'll be booed, kind of like the Mariners were yesterday, deservedly so. As I said, they've had two kinds of losses this year. The ones like Tuesday when you're in a position to win and you fail. And the ones like yesterday where you just don't even show up for the game at all. Scott Service not too impressed. Last couple days, obviously... um... You know, and played good baseball, uh, bottom line. And, and um, you know, today you go out in a game, you try to wipe the slate clean from, you know, disappointment last night, and, and they jump on us early and, you know, uh, really hard to, you know, we failed to get any momentum going. And that usually, you know, you're down early, you got to figure out a way to get back into it. Yeah, well, they didn't do that at all. They got down, unfortunately. Logan Gilbert gives up a three spot in the first. Good pitchers sometimes. You got to get to them early, right? And then you just generate no offense at all against a pitcher. And Patrick Corbin, who's having an awful year, decent name, but he's got like a six ERA. And once again, a guy you should be able to do some damage against completely shuts you down. I mean, good thing the Murph was there. The Murph collected three hits, yeah. you know. I mean, good thing Murph uh, had half the hits Caballero for the team. had a couple, right? Uh, Caballero had the home run. He had another one. Yeah, so th- those guys counted for five of your six hits. Top of your lineup, 0 for 16. It's just, it is confounding. Again, on that legal pad of why, you know, first the what and then the why, hitting lefties this year. I mean, the, you, you would, honestly, leaving spring training, if you would have said to me, okay, where do you think this team, if there's going to be a little bit of a struggle, righties, lefties, well, it's pretty right-handed dominant. Yeah, you still got Suarez and Teo and Julio. And right. 
Yeah, you face elite, France, dominant righties. They're going to mash left-handed pitching. But you're going to mash lefties. Yes. This team is built to mash left-handed pitching. <laughs> and they and they are consistently baffled by anybody who throws from the left side. It's it is just bizarre. But Logan Gilbert maintaining some positive uh, vibes. I don't think we're a bad baseball team at all. I, I know what we're capable of. We've seen it last year. We have a lot of the same pieces in, you know, having Tay Oscar and some of these guys, new additions this year. We have what it takes, and and that's why I think we feel the frustration in the fans and everybody in the situation that we're in. So. I fully expect to turn it around, and I think we're going to have a great second half. I honestly do. That's not just me saying that because we have everything that it takes. But, yeah, right now we're not playing the best right now, and we know that. So we've got to find a way to turn it around. Uh, you know what, Brock? We keep talking about voices, and mm-hmm. you know, generally it's hard for that to come from the pitching side. Yep. I like the way Logan said that. I'm, a fa- I'm an unabashed Logan Gilbert fan, especially as a person. Who's I've not? really enjoyed talking to him, especially now that he's married, Brock. I, I know yeah. you, you've really... Really come to like that about him. But I like the way he said that. I don't think we're a bad baseball team. I expect us to have a good a good second half because I know who's in here and we're not playing well right now. Yep. And that bar has been set. And part of the reason those boo birds are out is because expectations were high. This was a mm-hmm. World Series contender. Some even wrote the best team put together on right. paper. What? What? Uh, you know what? There's no reason for that. Go to the next one, please. How dare you? Here's the second thing you need to know. The Seattle Kraken is proud to select from Cometa Berno, Eduard Schalle. There we go. Yep. Yep. It looks like Sale, like Chris Sale. Right. But it's it's Schalle. Edward Schalle, 20th pick in the draft, an 18-year-old winger out of the Czech Republic. He's big. He's fast. He's talented. He can score goals. He's played at a high junior level. Believed to be a little closer to NHL ready than some of the other players drafted. But Brock Mm -hmm. is not without concerns. Look, I mean, I think they do need defense in their system. There's no doubt about that. But this is a case of best player available. And he's got offensive ability. There's no question about that. Top two lines, if he can get there and play there, he's going to be an effective player. I think the, the, the one question mark on him is sometimes his compete and whether or not he could, if he doesn't play in the top six, would he be able to play, you know, third line in that in that role so it's is he like, a top six or bust that's what you're exactly. asking yeah and i kind of understand it. first of all you never like to hear the compete question although mm-hmm. he's only 18 so we'll see where that goes but i think what they're saying is he's skilled if he makes Correct. it to the top six he's going to be great but if not there may not be a spot for him because generally bottom six guys are you know they're muckers they're checkers they're guys who just succeed on effort and that's probably not what he's going to do yeah, at some point today, I'd like to tell you why I love the NHL draft last night. I could not really leave my couch. I was I really? watched hours of it. Yeah, there was no Mariners on, obviously, the matinee game. So I was I was like Kyle Brown, like our PD, man. I just Yes, there were some things that just got me there, and I just I could not stop watching yeah. it. Uh, but they went on further. Yes, a little surprised it wasn't defense. But they went on further, and I was thinking of Dave Haxtell's words to you and I yesterday about speed. Mm-hmm. This is We are a team that loves to skate. We are a team of depth. We are a team that loves to play and play the style we play. And the longer that, that set started to talk about this kid, Chalet, they went, oh, okay. Yeah, he's a Kraken. He's Kraken. He's fast. The guy is very good on his skates. He yep. is very fast. He is talented. And now they've got a lot more work to do because nine more picks come yeah. in their way beginning this morning. Three uh, second rounders. The draft gets going again in about 40 minutes. The thing we do is, is about being quick, about being fast, about using the depth of our roster. There you go. That's Dave Haxall. I just want to give you a little piece of that, Brock, so that you were you. Uh, just to prove your point. 
Here's the third thing you need to know. I mean, you tear me down and I build you up. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, it's good. You're the what? Huh? You're I'm the, the guy what? who builds you up and you're the I guy know. who tears me down. You're uh-huh. the jerk and I'm the nice guy. I just nice said you're guy. the what guy? What? I'm the nice guy and you're the mean one. I was asked yesterday, you know what? We don't need, the third need to know is just something about Julio. He stinks right now. Uh, you can kill that. That's everything you need you were to asked know. About, you were asked by Wallace? I was asked about you. Well, first by of all, let me, let me, yes. I was asked about you. Like, tell me about, was Brock really a good guy? I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, he's a total phony. You're a liar. I absolutely said liar, that. You can ask liar, Bump. Liar. I was like, no, he's total phony. <laughs> he comes off as this good Christian, and it's totally a lie. <laughs> the guy's like, really? No, not really. <laughs> of course, Brock is every bit. He's like, you get sick of being asked that about Brock? I was like, uh. Yes. Yeah. I was like, no, not really. Like, I made a pretty good living just, you know, carrying Brock's water over the last 15 years. So, no, I, you can pretty much ask me whatever you want. Anyway, uh, Wally did text in and said, Brock, I never hit my driver on one. It's a three-shot hole. Be quiet. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Other people say. Is this where I'm getting ripped? Is this where the text story's ripping me? Yeah, there was some others in here. Where did they go? It's, uh, the problem sure is sometimes- there were. <laughs> Just because Brock uses a four hybrid as a toothpick, it doesn't mean you shouldn't use it off the teeth, Salk. Right? See, I agree uh-huh. with that. Uh-huh. And then somebody else said you look like a hammerhead, but I got to uh, see if I can find that. Salk's yeah. name for his forward is obviously driver. There you no go. shame in that game, Brock. You're not man enough to tell another man to use his driver, hammerhead. <laughs> so as I said, you're being called out. That's uh, We don't good. need any more of that out of you. Good, good, good. All right. I'll tell you what. We, we said we were going uh, we to take some phone calls today. All right? Were you there booing yesterday? Are you upset? Are you mad? Maura's got the simple question for you. She's right. This is the simple question. What are you most upset about with the Mariners? What are you most disappointed in? What has you the most heated? We got a few minutes set aside. We don't generally take calls this early in the no, show. 7 a.m. hours, not usually. It, we go 6 a.m. hours. And I promise, if you if you don't call... I'm just going to talk about my colonoscopy for 15 minutes. So, I, like, it's really, it's up to you guys. I mean, you have control of this show. And I'm just going to tell you, I will spend 15 minutes describing in detail my colonoscopy. Or you can tell us what it is that's bothering you most about the oh, Mariners. I think you would say that those two things are fairly equivalent. But What's hey, the number? What's the number? 866-979-3776. 866-979-3776. That's how Brock likes to say it. And we'll take your calls next. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. I got a tweet here from uh, one Ryan Divish who says, Salk, honestly, I'd rather listen to you talk about your colonoscopy than the caller. Divish. First of all, appreciate you being here, Divish. Appreciate that. Response from Dan Simborski, your guy, Brock. Yeah. Do a lot of callers just talk about his colonoscopy? Just what is the theme of this show, Mike? All right. I don't think the callers are going to talk about my colonoscopy. And uh, uh, somebody else here says 360. Salt, get your GI on the phone to describe your colonoscopy. He had a way better view of it than you did. All right. First of all, it's a she. Second of all, I will say this very quickly. Last thing on the colonoscopy. And then I promise not to talk about this anymore. Got the results back yesterday and found out that of the, you know, I got the six polyps removed. Mm-hmm. They were precancerous. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean I had cancer. I'm not a cancer survivor or anything like that. But precancerous as opposed to benign means that if untreated or un, if they weren't taken out, 
eventually, and it can take a while, it's a slow-growing cancer, they turn into cancer. Mm-hmm. So this is why you get your colonoscopy done. This is why you do it at 40 or 45 example, or whatever yeah. time they say that you need to do it for your risk factor. It really isn't bad. They nope. knock you out. I, I was talking to some people yesterday who were like, oh, they knock you out? Like, yeah. They don't do that while you're awake. Like, they mm-hmm. knock you out. You don't feel a thing. The prep with the pills is not that bad, and it can legitimately save your life. So please don't be like a tough guy about this. Go get your colonoscopy done when it's time. It's Much easier than getting snipped. Much easier. Yes. Dude, much yes. easier. The okay, let's get to the no calls. Fun. Here we go. Here we go. Get to the call. Sheesh. <laughs> On the other hand... No, you know what? I'm not going to help. You know what? Uh-huh. You know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to start taking <laughs> what calls. What are you guys trying to do here? 866-97. We're trying to avoid talking about the Mariners, obviously. <laughs> what is it that you're most disappointed in? Let me start with Marty in Seattle. What's up, Marty? How you doing, Salt and Brock? Well, um, Marty, we've been better, but uh, go ahead, fire away. Uh, I was at that game yesterday and watching Ty France up there swinging from his heels. They're all they're all trying too hard. They're up there doing a hero swing. Uh, it's it's a problem with this team. There's they don't have that veteran presence to stabilize them in the in the batting order. That's uh, why all off season, JD Martinez was the perfect fit for this team, and uh, they wanted to go with uh, with the young guys and some outside outside talent other than him. You did, just just out of curiosity, Marty, do you think they didn't want J.D. Martinez? Or do you think J.D. Martinez had no interest in taking a one-year deal in the worst hitters park in the, in the country? I, I think if, if the money was right, he would have, he would have taken it and, and come here. He, he came to visit, um, and uh, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not him, um, so I don't know, but yeah. we needed somebody like that. It's... Yep. Uh, Yep, and he's an all-star, and, uh, and, you, and and if it meant paying him twice what L.A. paid him, and if, if it meant hiring or bringing along his personal hitting coach. Do you think or, that's what they should have done? I, I, you think they should have paid twice the amount for J.D. Martinez what he's worth? Really? Well, what, what what he's worth is an all-star, and what he is worth is what the market is willing to pay. So. Right, but I mean, he was coming off a lousy year. There's a reason the Red Sox didn't resign him. There's a reason he got a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to give him, what did he get, 16? He ended up getting like $9.5 million, okay, one should, year, You should have given J.D. Martinez $20 15, million? $16 million? <laughs> I mean, like, yes, you could have done that. That's a laughable idea, though. $10 million with the Dodgers. Okay, so you should have given him $20 million for a guy coming, I mean, Brock. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying that that maybe didn't wouldn't have worked. Maybe it would have come. Mm-hmm. But as you've seen, when you know in a league where Mike Trout and Carlos yep. Correa and Josh Donaldson and Giancarlo Stanton, oh, I know. and Bryce Harper are all having lousy seasons. I know. I and don't unfortunately, know, man. I, it you, make sense. I know, and it doesn't make sense to give 18 million to Wong and Pollock either. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Well, no, it doesn't. But, I mean, there's a legitimate case to be made that $18 million on Wong and Pollock heading into the year is sure. a smarter investment yep. than it would be to spend $20 million on J.D. Martinez. Yeah, and you don't have a cap. You know, this is not the NBA. This is not the NFL. This is not where you have a salary cap and there are huge ramifications and you make the wrong decision. Agreed. You pay Jamal Adams $18 million a year, and right? It, it affects your cap. There's, there's no ramifications. And you know what? By all accounts... They make pretty good money over there, and an all-star game is going to bring in some pretty good revenue. I, I so. don't care how much money, Brock. You can't 
you can't just pay J.D. Martinez $20 million for one year coming off of a season in which he'd done nothing. Just right. can't do it. What if it, was, what if it was $14 million? What if it was $13 He says no. Right? He says, I'm trying to get my career back on track, and I want to go play with the Dodgers. Right. Okay, more calls. Here we go. 866-979-3776. Let's do Kurt and Moses Lake. What's up, Kurt? Um, thanks for having me on, gentlemen. I love the show. Mike, good job taking care of your body. Thanks, and, buddy. And promoting that. Yeah. Uh, as a partial season ticket holder and somebody that watches the games every night, I think the most frustrating part as a fan is we have the components to be a winning team. And in the moments on the pitching side and the hitting side, when that needs to happen, it's just not not happening. You know, last game in Baltimore, a, uh, a kid that's had five minutes and a cup of coffee in the big leagues walks us off. Two games ago against the Nationals, bases loaded. We don't make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we have the components on the team to those those situations shouldn't be happening. Yeah, yeah I appreciate the phone call, Kurt. Thank you over there in Moses Lake. I, I hero swings. I'll go back to what Marty said there. Is it, and, you know, this is one of the, gosh, this is one of the conundrums that they find themselves in, right? Because they're training, they're teaching, they're equipping. Is hey, man, when it's go, you go. Right. This is not a this is just a not not a light hitting team. It is it is not a choke up and just punch the ball the other way. It's not put it on the ground. It's you know, you're you're asking Suarez and France and Teo uh, to, to hit the ball with as much exit velo as you possibly can. I think it was Goldie the other day that was saying that you hit a ball over ninety five miles an hour over the course of hundred and sixty two games, you're gonna have massive success. Those balls are gonna be you know, you're going to have a 500 average on balls hit over 95. So, you know what they try to do? They try to swing really hard mm-hmm. and have a lot of exit velo. And unfortunately, as Jerry said to us two, three weeks ago, power outage. <laughs> Those balls are not connecting and certainly not connecting against lefties over the majority of this season. So do you think, so if I understand, I mean, you could make an argument. I don't know if it's a good one or not, but we know that the park factor is real, right? Mm-hmm. We know that it's played even worse this year than normal, right? We were talking about that yesterday. The park factor for just this season at T-Mobile is even lower than it's been over the course of the last few years. Can you write a story where guys started trying to hit the ball even harder, just desperately trying to you know, make the ball go anywhere here at this park, and it screwed up their swings, and now they're all trying to kill the ball and they don't need to? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm grasping at straws because I have no freaking idea what it is that has made the complete. Power but the out one guy convention. hitting number three in your lineup that has tremendous bat control that does go the other way, the one that you would want mm-hmm. up with the bases loaded and I nobody know. out, the one that you would want <laughs> up yesterday against a lefty with a six ERA time and again, it's just not happening. Not happening. Big moments. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Heston is in Yakima. What's going on? Hey, I figured I'd call in because it's so early. Didn't know if anyone else was going to call in, but it looks like, <laughs> like we're doing good. Um, uh, it's just been frustrating. Like the last caller said, like I watch these games every night. It just feels like I'm wasting my time, but I can't, <laughs> I can't not turn the TV on and watch because I think yep. something amazing is going to happen, but nothing yet. And it's just, it's been hard to watch everyone struggle hitting. I mean, even Ty France, his batting average is there, but it just seems like he hasn't been able to come through in those big moment, moments, you know? It, it's just uh, it's hard to watch Julio struggle and Ty France and Chino and Tay Oscar even, you know, 
beginning of the season. And yet, Heston, and yet you put the fruit down in Yakima every every night and think this is going to be the night it turns, right? This is going to be the night these components come together. You can't stop it. You 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 love them. And you after last season where they went through the drought and got to the other side of the sea, right? They made it happen. You're thinking, just like Logan Gilbert said, like the components are there. Mm-hmm. Yet those components just are not just not offensively being put together in a way to have any kind of consistency. It's good. And you want to know how crazy baseball is? How crazy And is I know baseball. you know this, and Maura knows this, and Justin knows this, and and maybe a lot of you listening. How crazy is baseball that the guy that this offense is offense bashes in New York, bashes, what, 10 runs? One of their best outings that they have had in the finale in New York. You know what he did yesterday afternoon, last night? He threw the first perfect game since Felix. I heard people are very upset that Felix has quote unquote been dethroned. Well, it's because it was guy. the A's. I mean, come on now. He he did it against the A's. But like, what do you mean dethroned? There's no what throne? There's some sort of a like perf- whoever had the last perfect game gets to sit on the perfect game throne? I've never you didn't heard know that? anything like that. Yeah, it was what flown to Venezuela. About? He's been sitting on it. You don't realize that? What in the world? The things people uh, that of all the things to get upset about kind of boggled my mind. Like, a whole lot of things in the last ten years to feel really happy about. And that was one of them. So. Well, the, no one's taking that away because <laughs> someone dude, if you had asked me who threw the last no perfect game, I would have guessed somebody had thrown one more recently than that. Oh, no. I did not realize that Felix's was still the last one because no one thinks of that. <laughs> no I mean, one gets brought up. Never every heard time of anybody saying that in my life with a perfect game. Uh 866-979-3776. How about Mark in Tacoma? What's up, Mark? What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. Hi. Hey, you know, I'm just disappointed that there isn't a different type of chemistry in play here. It's like they seem happy, jovial, like a happy family. But I want a chemistry, like a shared goal that shows that they're angry and unsatisfied, pissed off, determined to win. Mm. You know, maybe that's a lack of veteran leadership. And how you get there, I don't know. But that's what I'm just What do you think that would do? If they were, if they were angrier, what would that do? A combination of angry and yet feeling good about themselves. That's no. more determination than anger, I would say. So what makes you think they're not determined? I just get this sense when I see them after uh, in the, in the, uh, when, when, after hits and everything where they're just almost like celebrating still and they don't have much to celebrate. You don't think they should celebrate their hits? I think they should, but I think it's like um, you don't like the way they celebrate the first game of a divisional playoff. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I see that. Well, he's. I think Mark, what you're referring to is just the optics that Greg Amsinger is referring to, right? The the other day when he joined Bob and Dave in the afternoon and said this team is just polite losers. Now, if they all you know screamed fire truck at the top of their lungs like Jared Kelnick did on strikeouts, I don't know. That would be very impolite, especially in the Pacific Northwest. I think they've got to be whom they are. And we've had this discussion over three months. I don't think this is an easy team for Scott Service to manage, personality-wise, because not many of them are wired like him. Now, he's got enough experience, enough time on task. He knows these guys inside and out and does, a, I think, an excellent job of being consistent. But this is a, this is a good vibes team, <laughs> right? I mean, this is Suarez. This is Julio. They're mm-hmm. good vibes guys, man. Just, hey, Ty France. And I think you heard some of that frustration from Cal the other day saying, hey, good vibes and stuff are all great. Yep. But, you know, at some point you got to go in and and do other stuff. Yeah, I think Cal and Jared, uh, Mark down in T-Town, I think Cal and Jared have a lot of what you're talking about. The problem is their first, you know, I mean, sophomores for for Cal, 
and he's not necessarily been dominant uh, with his yeah, bat. I mean, if, if only people could get more mad like Cal, then they'd all have at bats like he did in the tenth inning the other night. Like, guys, you got to be who you are, and I, I, no. I appreciate that everyone wants baseball to be like football, but it's not. But do they need more abrasion? Do they do 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 they need that in this in this clubhouse? I don't know. I think that there's probably I, a legit I conversation. Don't I, I don't. I don't have any. I don't know how you would know that. I don't. I don't know that there's like a ton of baseball teams that have succeeded because they have more abrasion. Some maybe, maybe, maybe there are, but generally, as long as the team is getting along and they're willing to come out and do the work, it doesn't really matter what so, the personality so is. Did they need Winker last year? No, <laughs> no, they universally hated him. I mean, he well, was as disliked as everybody as any player I've ever heard on a team, other than Sean Fagan. I think yeah. a lot of fans I see on Twitter they want to see people held accountable, and they want to see teammates holding each other right. accountable. Is that like you can't celebrate yet? We haven't done it. We haven't earned it. We need to be more head down, work hard. No, that's just than not loose and fun. Yeah. Well, good luck. And then I think that's what people are. Ex- yeah. So then you, you know what you should do. Watch Root Sports last night and watch the 1979 All-Star Game. You'll absolutely see that style of baseball being played. If you're going to try to watch in 2023, good luck finding that style because it doesn't exist anymore. Let's do Blue 88. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now, here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. You see, you think you didn't need Winker, but maybe you needed a Winker. Maybe. Maybe you needed somebody maybe. that was hated in that clubhouse. Yeah, maybe. maybe you needed to sacrifice him. Running I mean, like there the is crazy. something to, if that's the argument that they needed some common enemy like uh, like like Herb Brooks turned himself into a miracle. Uh-huh. I'm going to try to see if I can mention miracle every single day this uh-huh. week. Did I tell you I watched Great. it on Friday night? Yeah. All right, Brock, question number one. I don't even know how to ask you this question. Yeah. Why don't you just talk? Uh, it's Scott Bluer. Yeah. That's a hard one, man. We've had a lot of loss this last year. We're losing a lot of people. And uh, Scott Palluer, um passed away over the weekend or early in the week. He was a coach at the University of Washington when I was there. He was a tremendous guy. Uh, his whole brood of kiddos was in our wedding. Uh, all of them. Even uh, even the youngest. Even Peyton, who used to sleep with his dog in the doghouse when we babysat. Um, so Scott and Kim were so kind to Molly and I in college. And we would go and babysit. And that's how we got to know him and his family up there in Issaquah. And we would go and babysit the kids. And yes, Peyton, they were like, hey, listen, Peyton's a little different. That's why he's a middle linebacker uh, for the Kooks. Uh, eventually, he likes to sleep with the dog in the doghouse, so you can you can let him sleep out awesome. there. But Tyler and Jordan and Cooper and incredible kids, and they lost a really special guy. Football lost a special yeah. guy. There have been some special football families in the Pacific Northwest, some some just heritage names, right? Generations of it, and the Paluers one of it. Um, obviously, Scott, and Steve, and Arnie, the, the three brothers, were all tremendous players locally. Scott went on to, to, to lead the, the Cougs in sacks, tackles for loss, played six years in the NFL as an outside linebacker. As I said, coached 20 years. Uh, we lost him early this week. We lost a tremendous, tremendous man of high, high character who uh, who grew up four amazing kids that have all done spectacular things in their lives as well. So rest in peace, Scott and Palua family. We love you. Wow. Question number two. 
if I had known that's where you're going with that question, I probably yeah. wouldn't have asked it with uh, such a jovial tone. <laughs> maybe a little heads up would have been in order yeah. next time. I had no idea that's where you were going. Well, maybe maybe read the paper, Saul. The paper. Here, I'll read the paper. Yeah. I'd like to give some love to an amazing football family of the Pacific Northwest and a wonderful man. Yep. It doesn't say anything about the fact that that man had recently passed away. Did I not include that in my no. tweet to you? No. I could have used that info ahead of time so that I didn't look completely heartless. I mean, I am heartless, but not so much that I would have done that. Question number two, uh, all these gambling suspensions in the NFL, what's the deal? Uh, The deal is fantasy football. The deal is all of these states legalizing it. The deal is guys thinking like, oh, man, I can just have my buddy do it, right? I can have a friend do it. But all of a sudden you're giving them information that is pretty like – there is a reason, even 20-some years ago, before the proliferation of all of this, it was really abundantly clear. Choices, decisions, consequences. And you gamble, you're putting yourself in a position where you're going to get in trouble. And the teeth now that the league, and I know people are screaming like, what hypocrisy. League's making millions, billions off of all this gambling. Yeah, but you know what? It could not be more clear to players. Don't do it. Don't do it. And if you think you can hide behind fake names, if you think you can hide and share information with your friends and others and get paid to do so, you are going to get caught in this day and age. And now the ramifications, Salky, being what they are, Ridley last year, an entire year, multiple players this year, entire year. Some of those players already cut from Detroit and more names coming this week. Uh, That is going to be the biggest deterrent. Once those guys realize like, oh. Well, they ain't playing. No, they're not playing. And you can lose your livelihood very quickly over doing this. Question number three. Well, now that the draft is done, free agency, you know, we've seen how it's played out. Yep. Is there anything the Seahawks could have or should have done differently this offseason? Yeah, I sent you guys a long list and you made fun of me, and that's okay. Um, it, it was a long list of a lot of still available free agents. And you're right, five years ago, they were pro bowlers and you could win a Super Bowl maybe with that list of players. There's not a D-tackle on it. So then I went back last night and thought, okay, if they could do it all over now, knowing what they know now, knowing the way the draft unfolded, knowing the way free agency unfolded, should they have done something differently? So I went back and looked. Do you remember, do you know the name Dalvin Tomlinson? Kind of ring a bell a little bit? No. Okay, played it in Minnesota for some years. Uh, maybe. The Giants for a couple years. He's a good player. He got four years, $57 million. He's about the only kind of nose tackle. And even he in those systems hasn't played. That's what Cleveland paid him. Four years, $57 million. 6'3", 330 pounds. Good player. Not dominant player. Outside of that, I couldn't find another free agent on all 31 other teams. There was just a bona fide difference-making nose tackle. Shy Tuttle, Nathan Shepard, Kalen Saunders, guys that signed in the first kind of wave of free agency three years 15 three years 17 you know what they all are like six three three hundred six three three oh five there's not vita veas walking the earth you know and they extended vita vea and that coach and that gm is fighting for their livelihoods and they weren't trading vita vea to even go back knowing what we know now to the start of free agency that big old back nose tackle big body he wasn't there he wasn't there so and and you know so some of this, hey, we're only going to play a 3-4. They're not. They're not. And if they don't have it, they're going to mix their fronts, and they're going to move people around, and they're going to fit guys into some different spots. And I guess maybe the only so would be Al Woods. But they made a strong determination, knowing more than anybody else does about Al Woods, that they just were not going down that road a third time. All right, there you go. That is Blue 88. We do that every morning at 745. Uh, 
I don't have a ton of time here, but I, I think Maura needs to tell us her story of what happened Ooh. yesterday to uh-huh. her. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh. Because it's it's bizarre. And we, we just have a minute or two here, Maura. But I if you don't mind. I if it's as weird as I felt like it well, was. Well, why don't you tell the story? Like, t- tell us quickly. Like, you were out for a walk with Bruin yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I was walking dog. my dog at Discovery Park. And, uh, yeah, it got to a part where the trail was pretty narrow. We passed a gentleman. and Well, maybe not a gentleman. I don't know. Yeah. Probably about my age. Okay. Like just, yeah, not like a teenager. Not Did you feel creeper man. vibes? Uh, no. Okay. Just seemed normal. Like, there was a lot of people on the trail, so we had passed some other people, too. Um, and, like, he said hello, and, like, we smiled past each other. And then I heard this, like, he, like, loudly crop dusted us as he went by. <laughs> it was, like, one of those that sounded like a door, a door creaking. It was, like, this, like, yeah. And I was like, did that just happen? But there's not really, like, another sound you could mistake that for out in the woods. Okay. Oh. And I so was you like, passed him, and then he repassed you to crop dust you? <laughs> no. No, he, like, did it oh. as, as he's, like, saying hello and smiling. Oh. He was doing it. Like, it was happening then. Wow. And I'm just like, okay, he either, A, like, just really couldn't hold it. B, mm-hmm. I had earbuds in. Like, maybe he thought either it was going to be quiet or he thought I wouldn't hear yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Or C, like, he just thought didn't that care. was funny. And he's a psychopath. He just didn't care. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. He just walks around Discovery Park, like, crop dust. I'm going to guess. Is, is I'm going to guess the nervous energy. Nervous energy. Guess, yeah, he had nervous energy. <laughs> he knew yeah. he had passed, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just lose yep. all. He's looking for yep. one of those bathrooms out there in the park the whole day. And right. Finally, sees somebody and is like, uh, you know, no, this, okay. is, this is a thing though. Like, if you ever wanted like yep. a good-looking person to show up. All you have to do is let one. See, I was going to say the opposite. But I was going to say more. I, if I were you, I would be really horrified today. Uh, and I, 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 I say this knowing full well the consequences. If I were you, I would be very upset today. You were a model. Yes. People, people thought of you as beautiful enough to be in a magazine. Mm-hmm. And my experience with guys is that if they are around a good-looking girl, they will uh. not do that. So I don't know what this says about where you're at in your life right now, but I would be concerned. I don't care about this old hag. I'll let it rip. I would just say the snail music maybe isn't quite as well as you think. Maybe the snail music's not as All right. Sorry. You're such a jerk. Me? Hey, I'm just just trying to be as honest. It's all about honesty, Brock. And I want more to know what's really happening. All right. More devised a fun game. We've never tried this before, but uh, it's like Freaky Friday and it's next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.